previously on the sick invite podcast but she need it does that deep dive with every single person and i'd refer her to you but she moved upstate oh. <laughs> so i don't mean to get your hopes up <laughs> damn it sounded great <laughs> hell of a pitch from kayla <laughs> you are now listening to the sick invite podcast with kayla herb and ricky grimes hello my name is kayla herb Grimes. And this is the Sick Invite Podcast, a storytelling show about all ailments. Big or small, chronic or temporary, the Sick Invite provides an inclusive space for you to share your story. What's wrong with you? Um, I just ate a bunch of ice cream uh, prior to, literally before we started recording this, so I'm, I'm no audiologist, but that's not supposed to be good for speaking. Yeah, dairy's fabulous for the vocals. How are you today? Uh, I'm great. Today was my first day of school. Oh, and I'm curious to see how I perform as a student now when my body and mind aren't in shambles because undergrad was not great, but I did well enough to get into grad school, but bad enough that my personal essay was the reason I got a D in calculus is. Mm. Now, I heard they called you shambles as a nickname in college. Do you recall that at all? No. No. Must have been behind my back. Just me. This show is brought to you by KaylaHerb.com, where knit blankets, custom quilts, private photography sessions, and other homemade items are available for purchase and custom order. Please subscribe to our show, comment, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sick Invite Podcast and tell your friends. We also have some merchandise available on the Sick Invite Podcast.com, including our What's Wrong With You shirts, mugs, stickers, and buttons. We are now on Patreon. For $3 a month, you can get early access to our episodes, behind the scenes content, 10% off KaylaHerb.com, and much more. Okay, I'm looking over the email from Klaus for this week. Oh, actually, I'm reading this now. Is that why? You, so Klaus writes here. He writes, um, please note that Kayla, when she asked the guest, what's wrong with you? She's not saying it correctly. How do you normally say it? I usually say, what is wrong with you? Right. And so what did you do this, this time? This time I said, what's wrong with you? So so he writes, he puts, he says, she's saying, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And she should be saying, what's wrong with you yeah so how do you say it what's wrong with you that's how you should say it that's how i should say it and how did you how did you say it before that what is wrong with you so is it is it just a tone or it's an emphasis on a word emphasis on a word so he, he's saying emphasize the what he's saying emphasize the you oh what's wrong with you or what is no what's wrong with you what's ro- oh, wrong with you what's wrong with you yeah. So which one's right? What's wrong with you? You. Why are you saying this is about them? He didn't say you had to make it like a little. Uh, What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Klaus is saying you should emphasize uh, with. What's wrong with you? No, I don't care for it. Well, that's what he's saying to do. Well, uh, what does not, he know? You're not going to take Klaus's advice? I know. Well, I hope he doesn't cut you out of the episode. That'd be kind of fun if it was just me. <laughs> and it's just a long series of blanks, and then I just go, oh, that's a good idea. On today's show, we have comedian and host of the Adult Babies podcast, Brendan Ryan. We'll be talking with him today about his kidney transplant. So, Brendan, what is wrong with you? I have had two kidney transplants. Um... One for my mom, one for my dad. And I was born with one kidney. I guess that's how it all started. That's, yeah, that's the beginning part of it. That, that, that's, I knew that you had a kidney transplant, uh, but I didn't know like the origin of it in terms of how that occurred. So you were born with one kidney. 
Yeah, I was born with uh, one kidney, uh, which you could live a normal life with one kidney. It's it's usually not a problem. Um, I was born with something called a uh, a, a pelvic kidney, uh, so it was mm-hmm. sort of born. My kidney was like in my pelvis. All right. Um, and it was. Where, uh, I'm sorry, this is a stupid question. Where is it, nor- Kill? I don't know. Where is the? Where is it's it? It's like normally? in your back, isn't it? Like your yes. flank. Yes. Yes. So you're yeah. so, oh so oh so it's in normally towards your back, and you're saying it was towards your like your front, like where your belly is almost. Yes. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, so it's a pelvic kidney, uh, which uh, I think you, in some cases, you could live a normal life. Um, I had uh, uh, reflux in there, so like the. The urine was coming back. It was like, uh, it's like I'm not leaving this party. <laughs> the, the pee didn't want to leave, um, and I that that's what they found out initially about. That's how they found it out, I guess. So does that? I, I guess that would cause just a ton of infections and stuff and pain for you, right? Well, I it happened. I when I was born, um, from what I understand. Um, Everything was fine. It was I was normal. My my parents called my grandparents and said we have a healthy boy. Um, and as they they were popping the champagne, the doctor came in and said, "Wait, wait one second now." <laughs> um, and I was uh, they realized that there was some plumbing issues. Things weren't right. And uh, and my mom held me for about uh, uh, five seconds, and and they they took me away and. And they took me to another hospital, and I had emergency surgery um, within like the first twenty minutes of my life. How, how do they even do that? Know that on a on a baby? Do they do some sort of scan with it? Yeah, or? I think th- I think it was yeah. they figured something out right away, and I'm not positive, but I know I know that it was I was good, I looked normal, everything was fine, and then they're like, well, no, something's not right, and right. and uh, and apparently it was serious and. And, uh, and yeah, I, I was taken to, um, another hospital. I was, so I was taken away from my parents right away. And, uh, and that's where the journey begins, I guess. So what so happened you, after that? Good. <laughs> so they did something, they, uh, re-implanted my ureter, um, to make everything flow better, I guess. And I was good for, uh, right up until adolescence. And that's when... My creatinine, it's uh, like a measurement of your uh, kidney function, I guess, uh, started getting worse. So I was, growing up, I I was in hospitals and doctor's offices uh, most of my life. Um, It caused other things, too, in my life. There was other things that it, I was on uh, human growth, HGH, because I was short. They like, there was like all these things that it affected this kidney i guess it was i was doing fine i was getting uh uh, checkups you know uh probably every three or four months i was getting a checkup and they noticed that my my numbers were kind of going down as i the older i got as far as my kidney function so they uh the hospital that i was with they I i think i was probably around 13 i was on i was taking some pills it didn't affect me though you know, it's it's how I, I grew up, and um, but they they said eventually I would probably need to be on dialysis or or get a kidney transplant, and uh, you know it's, I was actually talking to my dad earlier about this just to you know refresh my mind. Mm-hmm. You live with something, you know about it, but then like 
I don't know. I, I needed to talk to my dad to just like go over it. And, um, and he told me something I didn't even realize. So the hospital was pushing, uh, they wanted me to go on dialysis first, which dialysis, if you don't know dialysis, I've never been on dialysis. I've been very lucky. Um, dialysis is a thing where they sort of, it's a machine that they hook you up to and it filters your blood. Um, from what I've heard, it's not fun to be on. It's not a great way to live. Um, but if it's, if I remember what the kidney does, it's kind of like kind of doing what the kidney would do. It does do. what the kidneys do. Yeah. Right. And that's but a daily thing too, right? Hours I believe, I believe, day. I don't know if it's daily, but it's, it's, if it's not daily, it's, you know, three to four days a week and it's hours. And it's, I think it's, um, it takes a lot of energy out of you. It's, it's difficult, you know, it's a difficult way to live. For sure. Um, and what the hospital originally wanted was uh, for me to go on dialysis before the kidney transplant. Uh, the way they looked at it was um, I would appreciate the kidney transplant more if I went on dialysis, which I guess kind of makes sense. But my parents were not uh, in that camp. They said, uh, you know, if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're a match, we're here. Uh, wow, we don't a, want our son a, to be on dialysis. That's so. a very interesting approach, Kale. Don't you think? In terms of, uh, is that is that something that they've done commonly? Like in terms of like doing a kind of a uh, to, to give in more medicine, it's pretty common where they're they'll be like, you have to try this, this, and that before we get you this, and it's yeah. illegal in some states. Um, I know that, uh, especially with like the in the Crohn's community, I've known if they call it step therapy where your insurance won't cover the original prescribed treatment until you fail the first fewer cheaper versions because mm -hmm. um, it just comes down to they don't want to pay for the more expensive one right um, and there's lobbying to against that i don't know if this is the same situation no it sounds like it's just a poor recommendation yeah, well it sounds like in this you absolutely i know kale that's what you're talking about like in terms of like uh working your way up but it sounds like in this case it was almost like a like teaching a lesson almost like is a more a moral thing which i kind of in a way get but i don't know that seems a little so what your parents did they think this was like an absurd thing or um i i don't know you know kayla you had talked about in in a, a few podcasts the earlier episodes about having an advocate for you and um my dad has been my dad's in the medical field Oh. And he's been a, a great advocate for me. So he can speak up when there's a situation that I may not know anything or, you know, my, the rest of my family may not know what, how this works. My dad knows and has been great with that. Um, so he's a little more outspoken than me. I, I mm -hmm. kind of, I think I, I, me and my mother are on the side of we kind of, all right, whatever you say. But my right. dad is like, no, that's not how it works and would call people out. And I think that helped me a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is maybe a situation where, uh, they, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause I do kind of, I do kind of see their point because it was easy for me. I got this transplant. I wasn't in kidney failure. Um, I was headed there, but I wasn't there. And I remember making the decision. I was in high school. I was, I was, uh, homeschooled uh not homeschooled all day but i would go home uh because i was very lethargic um i mm -hmm. couldn't make it through a full day and because m my kidneys were not working properly wow 
Um, but I yeah. wonder if your parents were adamant about the transplant, knowing that they were a match. Because is that is it wild that both of your parents were a match? I, I so I don't think they knew that they were a match at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I but so I don't think it's. I wouldn't use. I think it's more lucky. I was lucky. I think it happens, um, but yeah, I, I was lucky to have both of them as a match. Um, yeah, that was something that when you had sent in kind of some info for us to kind of talk like amongst ourselves prior to this interview, and, and you'd mentioned that both your parents were a match, and it was just my assumption that that was that would. I, I said, of course, that would make sense that both parents are a match. That's probably. But then I thought, then why doesn't that happen all the time? And Kayla had to tell me like it's not necessarily true that your parents or someone in your family is a match and, and and I didn't know that prior to that so I guess could you talk about that a little bit in terms of like the you know it's, it, it doesn't necessarily mean your parents are a match maybe I'm the only person that thought that stupidly but like no no I, I don't think I think it's not always a match it doesn't always happen that way maybe one is a match it, it a lot of it has to do with the blood type and I think there's a, a tissue type as well uh I don't know the correct word, but um, I don't think it happens all the time. I think it happens, but it's, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it, it's also rare that both parents want to do it, surprisingly enough. I don't think, I've heard people that, that have s- said that I, you know, I, I just wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't do that. My parents j- jumped at the opportunity, I guess. You mean you've heard people say they wouldn't do it, they wouldn't donate the kidney? They wouldn't give up the kid. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I guess also, and, I, and I'm making some assumptions, and you could stop me, but I'm assuming you have a good relationship with your parents and they, they I do. with you. Um, but, but I guess in some scenarios, Kale, like I guess if a parent and a child don't, I mean, don't necessarily always have a good relationship, I suppose it could be just like any anything else if you're not, you know. Well, I mean, there's a lot to consider because for the donor, that's also a major surgery on their body. And if they're not a healthy person and they might not be a strong person to recover if there's a chance that somebody else who's stronger could donate it i could see that being a reason um but i mean i i feel like i would do anything for my child but you you never know it's it's situation is different for everybody could you kind of take us could you take us through that process of kind of like um like were they just did they check your parents they always check the parents first or how did they go about to go through that you yeah. decided let's go with the transplant so, and then where did it go from there so the first one uh, the first transplant I got when I was 16 um, and like I said I wasn't in kidney failure I didn't feel great I didn't feel great but it's something that <clears throat> it's almost it's almost like it's a gradual uh, sickness um, where you don't realize I, I remember I played a lot of sports growing up and I remember like everything just started hurting like my mm-hmm. knees I remember wearing like knee braces when I was like 13 like mm-hmm. it progressively got worse and I just I was sick and I you don't realize it as when you're young and you're just uh going through it and then I remember we went to the doctor and they had said uh it's you know, it's it's about that time where you, you eventually you're going to need a kidney transplant, and um, and I remember sitting at the dinner table with my parents, and I I remember not being afraid of it and saying, "Let's do it, let's do it now, let's do it this summer." And uh, my parents are, they were and they still are incredible. They're just I I I'm very lucky to have a, a great 
support system. And, um, uh, God, I, I do get emotional when I think about that. I'm sorry. Of course. How could, how could you not? How could yeah, you not? I mean, I understand really that absolutely. That's a situation you have, too. Not everybody has that. So, of course, yeah. you get emotional over something like that. That's an extreme love that it is. not a lot of people are lucky enough to have. Did you understand that? I mean, it's obviously it seems you understand that now, but like at the time as a, as a child, did that seem like something you like? Were, do you think that you were so gung ho about it kind of just out of being naive or it was just something you were just like, there's not a ton of options here. And you just that's kind of just a personality trait that you have is just to kind of go for it. I like, think did you, I did you think I lo- going looking back on it where you like me oh, like I can't believe I wasn't more scared or I wasn't more nervous or anything? Yeah, I, I, I look at it looking back and I. As it was happening, I didn't, I don't think I realized the magnitude of it. Um, you know, and I, I remember getting back to the, uh, my parents are both, I remember going to the hospital and it was a, it was a lot. It was a big process for my parents to go through. They put you through, it's a, you know, a lot of blood work, physicals and, you know, make sure that you're, uh, healthy make sure that you're going to be able to continue to be healthy after this um with with one kidney right that's yeah yeah yeah. and um yeah i think i think it it was it was a a lot of stuff that they went through and and for me i kind of was living in that i was living with this this is the way my life was and uh yeah no i I look back now and, and it affects me more now than it did back then right i was at a i was a young kid and it's it's you know yeah that was kind of your normal growing up you didn't really know any different and then when they say all right we're going to do this huge thing you're like oh that's that's what we do now all right cool yeah and exactly it a lot of people are kind of post-traumatic with about things like that because they don't realize until much later like oh my god i i did that i had to go through nobody else had to do this right yeah did you did you know anyone else who had a Maybe not a similar issue, but just the same magnitude of any issues like that in like your classmates or no um nothing that I was going through and and again, I'm sorry to bring up a, a previous episode because i i like I've told you guys before i I've listened to every episode i I love what you're doing um <laughs> I had to squeeze that in but i i I think the the last episode I saw that I think her name was Priscilla uh we had talked mm-hmm. about uh disabilities that are visible and non-visible is that right. the right word uh I think looking back I had a disability that was that people couldn't see and didn't realize what was happening inside of me and I remember uh after my first transplant the medication I was on made my face get really like fat and I, I just I look like a different person. Um, and I remember this one kid, I was at a, a school situation and a guy looked at me and he goes, you know who he looks like? He looks like Brendan Ryan. And I was like, I was like, I am Brendan Ryan. Wow. And, and yeah. And I was like, nobody around me had dealt with that. The first person I met that had that situation was during the first transplant, uh, the I shared a room with a guy that had a transplant from his mother, like the same day. Um, so that was the first person I met that that's, that had that. So I was sort of, I was on my own, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's, a different thing. It's, it's 
I, you know, it's interesting that you talk about the medicine that changed their face. I, I wonder if we were on the same thing. I was on uh, anti-inflammatory medication that they, they call it moon face. Yeah, um, yeah, that's your it. Your face blows up, and I, I didn't notice at the time that my face looked different. Um, but once I look back at pictures now, I'm Ooh. like, that doesn't look like me. And it, just to know that your own classmates didn't recognize you either. I, nobody ever said anything to my face, I guess, because I was, you know, twenty-something-year-old. They know better than a little yeah. kid on the playground. But I, that's that's tough. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the the medication. I'm still on it. It's a uh, prednisone. Yep, that's what I was. Oh, that's, yeah, that is the yeah. same one. Uh, and it causes moon face. And I, yeah, the, the pictures are, are pretty jarring to look at. Uh, I have pictures from me, you know, right after the transplant. And again you're living in this body and it's and it doesn't you don't realize it i guess but but to other people it was a shock <laughs> yeah and yeah i that was i don't and that was a thing where i remember that kid said that to me and at that point i was like that's weird but like it's still with me it's affected me in some way that i i still remember that mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. It, i don't know if that answers you when the own the medication that's supposed to be helping you affects you in that mental way and then it's physically changing you or maybe helping you but you're different now yeah and it's not always the easiest thing to grasp so i feel you quite literally on that one yeah (laughs) the same one it's a it's a rough thing to like and you know at that age you don't know how to explain what's happening to you either Mm -hmm. um you know it's like and you say i've had a i had a kidney transplant this summer they're like oh i went to camp (laughs) like so we're living different lives i guess and i look different now and like what the hell i yeah it was weird it was weird but so that was didn't i didn't feel it at the time so that was when you were 16 you said i was 16 yeah i was 16 uh and that that transplant i got from my mother um and i my mom was was uh, in the hospital, in and out of the hospital within a week, I believe. I think I was in the hospital for two weeks. I had some complications on that first transplant. There was, uh, I had kidney failure in the first uh, month. Mm-hmm. I remember one night I had, uh, this is after I was home. Oh, by the way, can I just mention one thing about the kidney transplant? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, that's that's well, what we're I here just for. I just want to say, like, because I talked about being lethargic. Um, and not, you know, not feeling great, having like, like pain. Um, I remember, I guess it was maybe two or three days after the, tr- my first transplant, uh, waking up and feeling, it was, um, like, I felt like I, like colors were brighter. <laughs> right. I could smell yeah. better. I, I, I can't explain to you what it felt from where I was. It was you know, like, it was like having a, the longest, most refreshing sleep ever. Like, I don't, I don't remember ever feeling, like, I, I woke up three days later just feeling this, like, alive. Like, alive. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, I think Kayla, I mean, I, I don't know if you have that to the next but I've heard you tell, Kayla will tell stories, like, prior to her uh, diagnosis and getting on the proper medications, like, with her Crohn's, like, you kind of you don't realize kind of what we were talking about before it's hard to realize how bad you were feeling 
until mm-hmm. you feel like until you feel normal, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Especially you when it's gradual, like how you were talking about mine was the same. It kind of built from when I was 14 until I was 22. It just got worse and worse over time. That once I started feeling better, I had like a mental breakdown. Yeah. So I was like, how I can never get to that place ever again. I had mm. to go to therapy for it. Um, I was mad. I'm like, this is how people are supposed to be feeling. <laughs> and I, I missed out on my whole teenage years. I could have been feeling this way and I didn't get that. So did you have any anger about feeling well finally or were you just happy to actually be feeling like a human being no no I never had anger I never had anger um I think it comes back to I think it would be a lot different if if this happened when I was if it's just out of the blue when I was 13 14 Mm -hmm. I think that would be a lot more difficult to deal with the fact that I had it from when I was born it's all I knew It it was a slow progression uh, no, there was never anger. Um, but then maybe there was. Maybe maybe I did feel something and I wasn't... I think the older I get, the more I, I think that it's affected me in, in other ways, you know. Um, but I never had, like, an anger that... Maybe I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> well, uh, but I've never had an anger that... Uh, that like well, I never had a why me situation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, it's just who I am, and I, I wouldn't. It's been difficult, and it might be difficult down the road. But I think this is what makes me who I am, and I'm proud of that. I think um, I'm happy for what I've gone through, and I think a lot of people uh, feel the same way in this in this kind of situation. If you've gone through health issues, um, maybe not. I don't know, but I, I, I. In my case, I'm happy that I went through with it. It made me who I am. I think I look at the world in a different way. I see it uh, 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 in a different way than I, I, I would have if I wouldn't have had this. Right. That's so, no, great. I'm not angry. So, it sounds like mentally you're in a fabulous spot <laughs> about how everything, the hand that you were dealt, you still did a really great job. I am, but it's, the older I get, I think it's it's definitely... On the on the flip side, it's it's, I think it's affected me in in some ways where it's coming out the older I get. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably just know. because you get be you're more aware of maybe, I mean there's things that normal like, normally in your childhood you think about that maybe you didn't realize what was going on at the time then you think back on it and with more context of age or, or awareness of yeah. the world. So in your case, it's just tenfold of, of different things. Just even probably as you learn more about just the human body or how your body works and stuff like that. Yeah, but you would. But you mentioned that you know um, that this was your first kidney transplant, but then we do get to a second one at some at some point. So, do you want? Is there a story there that of, of we do? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Of what so, happened? so that um, that kidney lasted about ten years uh, from my mom, wow. and uh, like I said, it, it you know I I, I had uh, I I had some surgeries in between. I I think I was I I was. I think I was getting to, at, at one point I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I, I had like this crazy pain. This mm-hmm. is like a couple months after the transplant and it turns out there was something, there was like a, a nerve that was, pain. I don't know the correct medical term, guys, I'm sorry. But <laughs> well, there was... <laughs> well, one thing I wanted, I was, we were talking about before we got on today where you were kind of saying that you, were, you had made some notes and you were talking to some yeah. of your parents about some stuff and, and Kayla, you could probably speak to this a little bit more, but I know that Kayla's a little more interested in this type of 
uh, stuff, so maybe it's, it's a little bit different. But uh, do you feel like there's sometimes like an expectation or like there's like a, 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 a a burden of having to become some sort of like medical expert because you've gone through these things in your life where it's like, like because you've suffered, like now you have to like also be able to like give, like I, w- I would ask you, how does a transplant work? What do they yeah. do? But like, it's, it's unfair to ask you something like that because it's not, you know, just because you're, you, ha- you had to deal with it doesn't mean it's something you're a interested in or b like, you know, want to talk about or have any information on. Well, it's funny you say, I do love to talk about it. Um, I, 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 there's nothing I love better than to sit down with my parents and hear this, you know, how it all went down from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, maybe I block some stuff out. I think I, I think I, I block some stuff out. Um, not block it out that, it, you know, I, I just think I was, I was young enough where I could, like we were saying earlier, I could just sort of whatever you say is right and i wasn't mm-hmm. paying attention to exactly what was going on in my life um yeah i don't know it well, might be different too because you were given answers pretty early on in your life i didn't so i had to do a lot of research yeah um so that's kind of why i took an interest in all this stuff and i of why course. i know a lot about a lot of stuff just because i'm like do i have this maybe i have this i'm gonna ask the doctor about this and but i could re- i could relate to him even to when you say you led to look away from from are you are you um you know you you kind of block some stuff out i mean i when i get my blood drawn just at a regular regular physical I'll, i won't, i can't look at them while they're doing the procedure <laughs> so it's just like that on a much larger scale like it's just like i'll do it i understand it but i can't i can't uh just just do it i'll i'll and just keep yeah. my head forward. Well, it's funny you say that. I so growing up, I was uh, blood work, and and I I I used to I I once had a, a medication. I once did a, a, a they put a biopsy in my stomach, and I said I don't want any. Uh, don't numb me. I like don't put me under. I was I was like I want to be awake. I want to be awake to talk to the doctors. I love doctors with a good bedside manner. They don't oh, okay. have a good bed. I, so I, I do like to I like to feel comfortable that way. Um, mm-hmm. But like now, blood work, I'm I, at this, I, I'm at the point where blood work, I can only do one tube at a time because I have this weird phobia that I'm going to pass out. And I don't know what that it's means. Common. But I've never passed out. I mean, that's why a phobia is a phobia. Yeah, I I know it's not going to happen. And, you know, that's kind of affected me where it's like where I know I should be doing my blood work every few months. I kind of push it off Mm -hmm. because uh, I'm afraid I'm going to pass out for some reason. And is that something that like when I was little, I was just sort of pushing this stuff away and 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 like whatever, you know do it to me and now it's like come right. coming back as an adult where now it's all hitting me in different right. ways i don't know it's uh, not always a reason for phobias like that you know i mean a needle still and no matter how much you've gone through it's still not fun to have a needle no you. it's not <laughs> yeah it's not so uh yeah that's i don't know so you- i i have some questions about um the aftermath of your surgeries do you have like a new lifestyle or upkeep that you have to do after you have a kidney transplant or can you kind of just move on and live a normal life um yeah i could pretty i could live a normal life i i um 
So the, I take medication. I take about, uh, let's see, about eight to 10 pills a day. Uh, I have anti-rejection pills. Uh, the prednisone I'm still on at a low dose. Um, my biggest thing is just to make sure I, I stay connected with my doctors. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think I do as good a job as I should with that. And the, the phobia of the blood work is, be, is, is, uh, is a problem. <laughs> um, that's my biggest thing. Uh, I'm pretty healthy. I, you know, every time I go there, I'm good. They check my, my levels, make sure I'm, I'm okay, and uh, I've been okay. Um, but, yeah, no, there's nothing, there's nothing that I, I really – I don't know. I, I, I live a normal life. So the anti-rejection medication does, I mean, just kind of from my small knowledge on how that stuff works, is that like suppressing your immune system so it doesn't attack the new kidney? Yes. Okay. So how have you been maneuvering through the pandemic? <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I am uh, I am one of the high-risk people, I guess. Um, I, I walk around nervous. <laughs> so like even without this I would be freaking out. Um right. during this I I just I my job is great and they allowed me to work from home. Um I'm back to work now. I wear a mask. Um I I do what I have to do. I'm I've luckily I've stayed healthy. I never I never got it. Um but yeah, it's uh, it it affected me uh probably the same way it it does every I I'm just extra careful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm extra careful. Um, I'm super nervous, no matter what. That's just who I am. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great answer for that. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I get what you're talking about about being nervous, especially with the compromised immune system, because I'm immunocompromised as well. So yeah. prior to the pandemic, I'd always make a big deal out of it when I'd be around people who would show up to places when they're sick, and they'd be like. Or they'll like hug me and they'll yeah. be like, oh, I don't get sick. I'm like, you still have germs on you. I could still get them. Um, so I was always big with like, please get your flu shot. Please don't hug me. Please stay home if you're sick. So now I think the pandemic kind of brought that attention to more people of like, there are people who you need to be careful around and it's nothing against you. They don't not want to hug from you. They just don't want to get sick and die from the flu. So yes. do, you, do you feel like people have a better understanding of that struggle? now yeah i do i think i i think hopefully that stays that way because now i'm also immunosuppressed and my immune system isn't great but i am i've been fairly lucky i don't get sick that often um maybe once a year if i'm you know i i get my flu shot that's a big thing you know Mm -hmm. i have to get my flu shot the document you know that's something that that of course i i take all precautions but i've been fairly lucky with with uh with that with getting sick thank thank god but um but yeah i think it's uh i think it's good to have other people sort of be on the same page sort of watch out yeah, it certainly brought attention to something most people don't really know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about uh, a little bit about your comedy. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> right now. Well, um, Kayla, I mean, I don't want to interrupt with the comedy, but we haven't gotten to the second kidney yet. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. You're, you're, you're <laughs> right. Go on. Before Here's we get to the, everything that transpired after that, I want to make sure. <laughs> this is It's a big part of the story. <laughs> That's, that is true. Not so where one, we two kidney transplants. That's major. So let me reset Go this on. for a minute. Where we left you is, is you had gotten the new kidney when you were 16. You had it for 10 years. You were feeling as far as you, you, you were doing great. And then... You had a pain, but what happened? What actually went on? Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I, I tend to go on a tangent about. You ask me one thing, and my mind goes a different no, way, and that's on me. <laughs> no, it's no problem. I, and I just followed her along. I'm like, yeah, we're going. Brandon, that, Brandon, <laughs> that is that is why I'm on the program. This is the Thank only you. reason I'm on the program. Yeah, um, I'm, I apologize for being all over the place. No, um, you're doing good. Yeah, so that second transplant. Uh, yeah, it was about ten years later, and. Um, I had, at the time, I had moved to uh, a college. I followed a girl to her college. I I was living in Oneonta, New York, with a with a girl I was dating, and uh, you know I would come back occasionally. And I I my I now remember. Can I stop being, you? Let me stop you there for. I don't mean yeah. to just cut you off, but you said you followed her to a college. Um. Were you going to the college or no? You no, just went there. No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's... No, it's All called right, so y- Young Love. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So you would come back home from time to time. Go ahead. I was we, we should also probably clarify that you went with her to college. You didn't... <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think you could do this without me. <laughs> but like, she didn't like say like, please leave me alone, if you didn't follow her up to the college after that. Surprisingly, no. Okay. Uh, she was. I think. I think, now I blame it on her. She egged it on. She was like, I'm very lonely here. And I was like, I'll be there. It was like the first girl I've ever been in love with. So I followed her there, you know? And right. then eventually, you know, it all goes downhill. Right. Uh, when, when you're there in college because she meets real friends. But <laughs> but I, I, I was there and, and when I, I came back home and I was I, at the doctor, you know, I did the blood test and... Um, the doctor had did the again the numbers were going in with in a negative direction and uh and they had told me that you're gonna it's time to start looking it's time you know uh they were like you know there's dialysis options or you know you can look for a, a live donor and um once again i'm extremely lucky my dad was there my dad was a a, a uh perfect match and so, yeah, so the second kidney I got from my dad. And, um, you know, it's funny. You, you, you think about technology these days with how, you know, uh, televisions and, and our phones and everything. But with, with the transplant, I was able to see my mom's scar was, like, huge on her back. Like this 18-inch scar for right. my dad. It was about two inches. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like within 10 years. Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, and it went well. My my uh there was no complications and um and it's yeah, and it's still here today. I'm 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 still working with that kidney. You're feeling good? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Um but it's always in the back of my mind cuz I'm at I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting to, you know, I'm at that 10-year mark. Um it weighs heavy on me. It does. Like I, I stay, I stay, I go to the doctor, I, 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 but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's going to happen again. 
Because mm -hmm. uh, I think when I was younger, I thought the kidney transplant would would be that's it, but it they don't last forever. Right. So this is always going to be a thing in my life. I think that's a thing that people don't quite understand uh, with a lot of illnesses and disabilities is that there's not a cure for a lot of things and a lot yeah. of it is maintenance or they'll call it remission um, so a lot of people feel that um, in the back of their mind that this is borrowed time and yeah. the anticipation of when's it going to happen again that's a lot uh, that's a lot to ha have on your on your back now do you have um, siblings that could also be another match <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I have a sister um, yeah it's a it's it's I don't like, I don't know. I mean, she's, she's got two kids and I, I, I wouldn't imagine asking her for a kidney if God forbid mm -hmm. something goes wrong. But my sister is, uh, you know, my sister's incredible. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah, I do have another sibling. Um, well, is that something that you have to think about? Like who would be next on the list of people to test or do they kind of just uh, take that as you go? Yeah. Uh, I try not to. I think maybe I sh probably should more, but it's that's another one of those things where I st I, I kind of block out because mm -hmm. it it just makes me nervous. I don't want that's, to yeah, take I mean, that's somebody. Under that's understandable for sure. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take my sister's kidney. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And that that's the thing where it's like, uh, yeah, I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm doing fine. But you know. It's like when you lay down to go to bed at night, those are the things you think of. Like, sure. what, where, where is this headed? This isn't going to last forever. That's what scares me. It's hard me. to stay in the present. Yeah. Um, no matter how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I have incredible people around me, and I, I, I always have. I, I've been very lucky with that. I have great friends from day one, great family, uh, everything. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't want to be on dialysis. I don't want to take a, a kidney from somebody. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Do you when at the time when because um, both your parents were a match? So was there a decision made that first time? Like, all right, I'll, I'll do it, or you'll do it, or what? Did they have a a reasoning for their their choice, or was it just a? Uh... Yeah, um, I, that's a good question. I think so. So, like I said earlier, my dad has been. My dad was uh, worked in the medical field. He's a respiratory therapist, and mm -hmm. uh, he, he started his own uh, home healthcare company that we had for uh, about 15, 20 years or something. Um, so he was familiar with, with the medical uh, field. So it was sort of, uh, it made sense for my mom to do it. Uh, so my dad could be there to sort of, I don't want to say oversee it, but he could... He could literally he, be conscious for the yeah, procedure. He yeah, knew how to, that makes he knew sense. how to talk to the doctors. Um, that makes sense. Don't put yeah. the guy under who would know what's going on. To, that yeah. it does make sense. Yeah, it helps to have someone who just speaks hospital. <laughs> like, my mom's a nurse, so she yeah. always... Even, like, just, like, hearing the... Because she had worked in the hospital that 
uh, we were in, she worked there years ago, and she'd be like, oh, they're still using the same codes on the whatever. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that means. But she'd be like, oh, actually, you're probably not going to get help for a little while because they just had to do this, this, and that. I'm like, that's great to know. Thank you. Yeah, so that, that was, I was curious if there was something more, uh, like if there was something, like, if there was something more, uh, like, br- brave heart about it, like where your mom, like, insisted, or if it was just more like a random thing. But that makes actually the perfect answer. That makes perfect sense. No, no, that was it. And, and, and that it, it worked out perfect that way. And, uh, you know, because the first one, it's, it's always a learning process. The second one, we were like, we're going, we're going back to Disney again. We know how this whole thing works, you know? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Are you talking about the... The second transplant. You kind of know how you know. Oh, how it works. oh! You're saying like Disney, like it's like. Oh, I see. That's that makes perfect sense. You're right. Like it's like you know you know which lines are get long. You know how to skip. Yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect uh. sense. I thought you meant like before each trip you go to a like a trip to Disney World. Like no, right, no, like, yeah. You just sort of after the first transplant, you know where you're. You know how it works. Did that make you more comfortable or more nervous? Because I feel like it could go both ways. Um. I was a little older. I think the older you get, the more nervous you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. But I had, again, I just had great people around me. Yeah. And that, I can't say enough about the people around me. My friends, my family, that, they're the people that get you through it. And the doctors. The doctor, I had great doctors that also were there for me. Yeah, we had talked about with um, previous guests and Kayla included about like the idea of finding a doctor that that you that works for you or or yeah. like you know th- there's a million different things that can go into something like that like you know we had mentioned with Priscilla Priscilla had a particular doctor that worked great for her and some other episodes different people did you shop around a lot at all or was this a one first doctor and then you stuck with it or yeah so uh, what Priscilla was saying it, it really that made sense to me, you know, finding that doctor that you could really, uh, you know, I don't know the word, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have a relationship with her, but I just, 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 you could work with, you know? Yes, exactly. I, uh, having a doctor with bedside manner means a lot to me. I need to be able to ask questions. Um, I need them to have a little bit of a personality, I'd like, I feel comfortable if I can joke around with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that means a lot to me. Uh, and when I don't have that, I don't feel comfortable. And um, when you do find a doctor that way that you can feel comfortable with, it's, it's, there's nothing better. I remember I, after my first transplant, not to bring it back to the old first transplant, but uh, I remember there was a doctor in radiology where I had to have this little surgery before. And it was around the time where that movie Saving Private Ryan was out with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? And, uh, and they had to do this thing where they had to, you know, shave me. And the, the, the radiologist goes, uh, you've heard of the movie Saving Private Ryan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but right here, this is shaving <laughs> Private Ryan or shaving Ryan's private. Oh, you blew the joke. <laughs> and uh, and I swear that just made everything change. I was like, I I just felt good instantly. <laughs> A good joke on the on the operating table is is uh, is 
Very underrated. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's, that's the pull line for this whole podcast, I think, is, is yeah. that one. Right <laughs> yeah, I remember telling my parents in that, and they cracked up, and it was like, it was just, it was so great. And, and is, I, there, I, is there any chance I, you were under anesthesia that's completely made up? I'm sorry, say that again. Is there, is there any chance that you were being put under at the time and that's just a completely made up scenario? Uh, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is my original joke. This is how I got into comedy. <laughs> and, well, Ka- and Kayla, you had well, a question. Let's about talk about more. that a little this bit. This is how um, it goes. Is, is, is comedy what uh, or is your life experience and is comedy how you cope with your whole, all of your issues? Because you got a lot going on. Uh, maybe, um, I, I, so I didn't talk about, uh, I got into comedy, uh, a few years ago. Um, it was one of those things where I kind of, I was working at a family business and it was something that I felt like I needed to do for some reason. Um, I just, I had like a, I, I, I tried improv and, and then I stand up comedy and, for a while, I didn't talk about uh, kidney transplants on stage, and I guess about maybe two years ago, I started talking. I, I finally, I was like, let me. T- I should talk about my kidney transplants. Um, there's a comedian, uh, Chris Gethard, um, mm-hmm. who has a quote that I'm gonna butcher, but it's basically um, what he said is if if you have something that's unique to you. You're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't talking about my kidney transplants, and I think that's the most unique thing about me. So once I started, I, I was like, I, I should start talking about that. And I started talking about my kidney transplants, and I have a, I have a little kidney transplant joke that I do. And um, once I started doing it, it's amazing how many... I have met so many people after shows that have either had a kidney transplant or have other transplants or knew somebody that come at, that would come up to me afterwards and be like, I can't believe you've said that. I have an aunt. I have a cousin. I have a kidney transplant. Yeah. Um, so once I started talking about it, it was like it really opened the doors to that where I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is something that's that's out there. <laughs> There's people I'm interacting with every day that I have no idea. Um, so I don't know if it made me want to do comedy, but it definitely, uh, it definitely changed the way I view doing comedy. I, I, I do my comedy more of autobiographical. I, I try to talk about myself and what I have going on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if that yeah, answers that question. Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that Kale and I discussed with this podcast or starting this show and talking to different people and, and stuff that I, you know, I've talked with you about comedy all the time, but um, the more uh, specific or in, about yourself you can be, uh, the more you can relate to other people. It, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense, but it, it, it seems to work in, e- in every fashion I've tried it. I mean, we like we tried, all the people that we've discussed are things Kale's discussed about her story on this podcast people are able to relate to it more than if she were to speak more generally so it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy yeah i i've seen your act uh before funny guy um, oh thank you i i also learned through there that you were a make-a-witch recipient i was yeah, i was about that 
Yeah, so that was uh, that was my first transplant. I was when I was sixteen, and uh, yeah, again, that was very weird for me um, because you you live like I'm fine. This is just a part of my life, and then they were like, they were like, so you you you're gonna be a make you could be a make a wish kid, <laughs> and to me at sixteen, I was like, I was like, that doesn't sound like good news at all. If I'm right. a make a wish kid, right? Um, yeah. But they're actually an incredible organization, and they, uh, if you have dealt with anything, if you're, I think I had just made the cutoff, I think you have to be like 16 to get in there, and um, yeah, they had, they had basically said, you know, you've gone through some stuff, and, and there's an organization that wants to make you happy, <laughs> I guess, so uh, I, they, I had uh three wishes that I was able to, to give out. And I think, I think one was to be on Saturday night live, <laughs> which, which was, uh, you know, that, that would have been nice to know now, uh, you know, to have now, like, oh, I was on it a good credit, I guess. You know? well, you, well, yeah, Kelly, he, he didn't want to go see Saturday night live. He wanted to be on Saturday oh, I night know. live. Oh, I <laughs> wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah. I want to be, I want to be in it. Um, but what I, what I, uh, actually chose was i was a big uh, basketball fan uh and i i got to meet kobe bryant um and they wow. flew me out to los angeles and um we got to go to a laker game i met kobe and yeah i mean what's happened you know unfortunately kobe passed away this year and it's it's kind of crazy to look back but um yeah that's that that was my make a wish kobe mm. bryant that's, that's crazy. Pretty, but that's although I wonder if Lauren Michaels has it in him to say no to a sick child. You know what it was? I wish I I wish my wish could be now like see this guy in 15 years. <laughs> because Lauren, if you can get him in 15 years, maybe you could put him in the back of a sketch now, but in in 15 years, give this guy a shot. Maybe yeah, that would have been a good wish. They could, they could put you in a costume and get you out there. You could be yeah. a, a waiter in a, a scene. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just looking for a credit. Them. Just a credit. <laughs> a good story. That's all I need. That's a little New York comedy talk for you right there. Just a walkthrough on Saturday Night Live will get you at the clubs nowadays. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That'll get you on the best patio show in the city. Yeah, me on the other hand, I uh, just did the um, the Burbank Comedy Festival, and one of my credits that I put was the Adult Baby Show podcast. Well, that's is, very nice to hear. Thank yeah. you. The uh, the Adult Baby Show podcast is a podcast that you do. It's weekly, I think, right? Is we do. Weekly? Yeah, it's a weekly podcast. Um, we've been doing it for about two years now, I believe. We're we're getting up there. Um, the The show is basically uh, it's three guys in their 30s that are still living like they're in their 20s. Basically, it's guys that are living home with their parents still. Right. <laughs> uh, but I have to... I, I, I will say, I, I just moved out of my parents' house, uh, so I, I do have my own apartment now. <laughs> so I don't know how much of an adult baby I am anymore. But, um, yeah, that's basically... We just talk about our lives. It's... Uh, me and my buddy Chick, who I grew up with, and my friend Chris, uh, who is, is a lot younger than us, and mm-hmm. uh, we kind of talk about our lives and and what we go through. That that's that's it. Yeah, it's great. 
And you've been a guest on there, which we appreciate. We I would have, love to have been. You back. I have been. Maybe I'll bring Kayla. We could do a. We could do a little crossover episode. That'd be fun. You know, that would be great. Yeah. I would love to have you both on there. That would be awesome. Let's set that up. All right. So, uh, why don't you do some quick plugs, though? Just I know you mentioned the podcast, and you're if you're if you want to plug it more specifically, if there's a. Uh, All right, the Adult Baby it. Show podcast. Or maybe it's just, I don't even know the Instagram handle. We'll tag it um, <laughs> yeah, when we post it about you. <laughs> Adult babies. In, uh, oh, God. I should know this, right? Hold that. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> I think it's Adult Baby Show. Yeah, I have it here. Adult, Adult Baby Show. At Adult Baby Show. My Instagram is uh, Brendan Ryan is fun. I stand by that. I stand Accurate. by it. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am fun. I, I you have been the most fun. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I was really off the rails tonight. I, I I hope it. I hope this all works out. No, this was perfect. You did fabulous, and I'm so excited to have other people relate to your episode too, because I know they definitely will. I related to you just talking to you here, um, and again, like the point of our show is to sh- share that no matter what you're going through, it really all kind of boils down to like we all. Are suffering <laughs> we are yeah. and um you know i if somebody doesn't relate to one thing they definitely relate in another way so just sharing and coming on you definitely help people so thank you so much for that i, I can't thank you guys enough i'm a huge fan and i uh it's an honor to be on this podcast with you guys sick invite sick invite <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha